0: So, guys, welcome to uh, the Sangha,
1: Friday night Sangha. Jeff has a question about the first jhana and being able to get into it consistently. You had mentioned something about uh, gratitude or generosity practice, and that um, that actually uh, is wholesome, just like a metta practice, can be wholesome. Some meta practices are not necessarily wholesome when when it's wishful thinking. Like may all beings be happy is just wishful thinking because everybody knows that's not going to happen. But if it's done with the attitude of generosity, then it has some value. So that's the first thing is, is that the wholesome thoughts have to be genuinely wholesome because otherwise they will hinder
0: us from being in a genuinely wholesome state does that make sense Jeff absolutely yeah. yes okay so that's the first thing about it um,
1: now uh, some people think and in fact one of the students has written an article that I just read a post about that he seems to think that there's two different approaches, the difference between what is uh, traditional Western Buddhism in the form of Mahasi or the, the stuff that's in uh, the mind illuminated or uh, the books that are out. But in fact, it really is just one practice. And that the terminology is completely different. Because the terminology that is used in the modern books is is kind of high-flung, high pollutant, and they're talking about the high end of it. Um, uh, Very much like uh, the first year of a violin student, the teacher whips out a violin concerto by Brahms or Tchaikovsky and says, do this one, and they just can't because they just don't have the skills for it, okay? And so one of the things that we have to consider or keep track of is is to practice at the level that we're at. And if we do that, then practice will gain fruit, gain benefit. But if we're practicing things that we can't do, then we will remain frustrated. Which means that we're not able to go into the first jhana because we're practicing things that are too complicated or too difficult or whatever. Uh, and that uh, that high end of it, we need to be careful of in the sense of greed and rather than saying, well, I've got this what's next, because that's generally what everybody is looking at is just what's next and what's next without recognizing that what they're doing now in this present moment is of enormous value and it needs to to be appreciated with the gratitude and the generosity of this particular moment rather than wanting the next step in it. But this is actually the only way that we're ever going to arrive at any place is by practicing arriving. Or a better way of saying it is, is that uh, the only way that we're ever going to get satisfaction is by practicing being satisfied. And so our meta practice is not going to be meta or generosity hoping that someone will get something, but that they have it Now, because the gift is being given now.
0: Okay, this is really important in the sense that uh, uh, aspiring for something
1: is what we do. We've been doing that our whole lives. And when we get a load of Buddhism, we want to aspire to that also. Wanting something that we don't have. And the uh, the real practice of Anapanasati is to get ourselves into a state where we're not wanting anything. And the way to do that is by throwing things out. For instance, if frustration is there, instead of wanting to get rid of the frustration, we become satisfied that right now there is some frustration. And if we're satisfied with it and breathe into it and play with it, then the the frustration will go its own course because we're not doing the things now that created the frustration in the beginning. But if we get frustrated and then we don't like the frustration, we will continue to create the frustration by literally trying to get rid of it. An example would be then would be um, uh, you probably heard the the Japanese martial arts called jiu-jitsu, Which yeah. is different than goju. Now, goju means hard salt, but ju is the salt form. And the way that it's operating uh, is, is that the um, the guy who is practicing jiu-jitsu will use the efforts, the energy, and the force of his opponent against him rather than trying to stop it or break it or block it. This is an important point, that we're going to try the soft approach, not the hard approach. So, if you see frustration coming, what you want to do is grab it and let it go this way
0: to pass on by. As opposed to trying to prevent it or stop it. So
1: this is how we learn to consistently get into First Jhana, is by learning to consistently work with wholesome thoughts. Even when there is frustration, anxiety, whatever that is, if we don't like that frustration and anxiety, it's going to stay. I mean, you can hear that. If you're frustrated with your frustration, then you've got real frustration. If you're anxious about your anxiety, now you really have some anxiety.
0: This makes sense
2: because the, sorry.
0: Go ahead. I'm listening.
2: Uh, This makes sense to me because when I had the gratitude practice going, I really had it going. I was really into it. I was really feeling it. I I had genuine gratitude. I wasn't faking it. And um, and then I just slipped into jhana. It didn't last long. I, I kind of I was kind of surprised, and I think
1: that sort of shut her down. <laughs> I didn't relax. Yes. Into it. Okay. So that's the first skill that we learn. Now we can practice the second skill only after we have gotten some of the first skill going. So the first skill in this regard, the first skill of jhana, is being able to get into the first jhana. That's the skill, getting into it. And that we do this by, number one, having wholesome thoughts, which is different than the removal of the hindrances. Or actually, uh, that's different than the hindrances that have to be removed, which is all of the ordinary kind of thoughts that we have which generally have to do with thoughts of other people, thoughts of places, thoughts of things to do, thoughts of going someplace, thoughts of things that are in the other room, for instance. So these are the thoughts that are going to prevent us from getting in the mind into a really good state. But practicing things like generosity uh, or thoughts of generosity um let me ask you this what kind of words are you using when you say that you're practicing generosity what kind of uh
0: language or thoughts does that interpret?
2: um well when i'm when i'm out in the community i i i try to be cheerful and helpful to people so when i'm back and i'm 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 in a meditative state back home i'm bringing up those images again I'm also. I do a lot of gratitude of just the body, you know. I I have gratitude that my knees are functioning, that allows me to bend, to run, to walk without pain. I can spend I can spend like an hour on that, really get involved in the just the gratitude of having a functioning body.
1: <laughs> that's that's that sounds good. That sounds wholesome. So those are the kind of thoughts that you can have, and in fact. Uh, Being grateful and generous about the body in the sense of, well, it's functioning correctly. Everything is okay. There's not a problem in the world. And so um, that's the the kind of wholesome thoughts that we want to uh, practice while we're breathing in and breathing out. This is an important part is to keep track of it. It's interesting in the Anapanasati Sutta, it was so important that the Buddha mentions the breathing in and breathing out with each one of the various um, aspects. Um, An interesting point, by the way, is, is that step one and step two, the intentional long and short breathing, the verb is to understand or to note or to notice. But all of the other factors of the uh, 16 steps of Anapanasati, the verb is to train or to develop the skill. That's an important point. So we use the mindfulness of breathing to help train each of the other aspects, including the gladdening of the mind in the investigation so as i breathe in i would say i investigate the thoughts and as i breathe out i gladden the mind or i change the thoughts that are in the mind so we can look at it from this perspective or as i breathe in gladdening the mind as i breathe out i relax and feel really good because i'm gladdening the body i'm gladdening the feelings just like i'm gladdening the thoughts and gladdening the mind. And so we can use that kind of one 2 punch as I breathe in, I do step nine. And then as I breathe out, I do step six. That would be a, a way of, of thinking about it. As I breathe in, I gladden the mind. And as I breathe out, I relax. And relax into the state of satisfaction. And then a I lot breathe of times in they're... again. Go ahead.
2: A lot of times when I'm doing like the gratitude, the generosity practice, I'm not following the breath at all. But you're saying I really should because it's a good one to punch.
1: Yes, it really does have that quality to it that. Um, okay. um, the, the, for some reason, the modern meditation systems have gotten uh, kind of wishy washy with the issue of the breath. When you understand the structure and the way that the Anapanasati Sutta is laid out, you can see how the importance of the in-breathing and the importance of the out-breathing, I mean, the the way that it's um, worded is is that um, as I breathe, mindfully breathe in, I gladden the mind. And as I breathe out mindfully, I gladden the mind. And then in the uh, for the um, uh, the suka it says, as I breathe in mindfully, I uh, uh, practice satisfaction, and as I breathe out mindfully, I practice satisfaction. So this is the important way that uh, the, the the sutta is worded, and that the people don't understand that when they have the idea that, oh, just watch the breath, you don't have to do anything uh, to control it. But if that's the case, then the mind will wander away from the breath and that, in fact, what we're practicing directly here is that one-two punch, that we want to get into it. The one-two punch of the the, the breathing, not just the one-two of the in and the out, but the one-two punch of the breathing combines with the other item that we're training in. Okay. So as we breathe in, we investigate. And as we breathe out, we investigate or we gladden the mind. And as we breathe in, gladdening the mind, we breathe out then, gladdening the mind. Or as we breathe out, we can do the sukha all right, so this is the way that we we do this to keep the mind focused on the breathing and the other aspects of the anapanasati, because it actually is quite easy for the mind to just wander away, and we don't even know it. It's that anchor of the breath that requ- that keeps the thing going so well. And so mindfully breathing in and mindfully breathing out, and that will put us into that state of the first jhana, where
0: it that's like the the platform, or um, the uh, um, the plateau, or you could think of that as your base camp.
1: A lot of the meditation, people think about it in the sense of mountain climbing and that the highest peak of the human mind is like the the top of the peak of, of Mount Everest. And that this is where people are wanting to get to. They're wanting to get to the top. And what we're practicing instead here, according to the way that the Buddha would, uh, would talk about it, is that what we're actually doing here intentionally is establishing a base camp. This base camp is very, very high up on the mountain. You don't establish a base camp in the valley. No, you establish uh, the base camp way on top, just at the right uh, place so that you can then go to the summit. So almost all of the work, that the Sherpers and the mountain climbers have to do is to get up to the, to the side of the mountain where they're going to establish the base camp. That's about 99% of all the effort is taken. And this is the first Johnny you could think of as the base camp. And so this is the place that I work with the students because if they can get to that base camp, the rest of the journey is going to be not so difficult. But meditation when you're trying to get to the mountaintop when you don't have already that base camp settled is an impossible task. And believe me, there's a whole lot more people who have died on the side of the mountain of meditation than they have died on the side of Mount Everest. A lot <laughs> of people quit their practice because they yeah, don't get man. that base camp established. Right. All right okay and so this is the quality that we're looking for is getting that base camp established and getting that base camp established and getting that base camp established and a lot of people think that all we have to do is to get up to the place where the base camp is to be established and now that we've gotten there let's go into the top of the mountain now and they can't do it because they don't have the skills developed, but going from the the valley to the base camp, carrying goods, valley to the base camp, carrying goods, uh, valley to the base camp, carrying the goods and getting it established over and over and over again, this is the correct practice. So that once we get the mind completely established into the second skill, so you can think of them as the first skill is getting to the base camp, over and over and over and over and over again. That's it, to get to the base camp. And then the second skill is to establish the base camp so that you can stay there and live there. That is to the sustaining. So we apply the mind to the wholesome. Apply the mind means getting it to the base camp and then sustain it at the base camp. And that's the second skill. But that second skill cannot be established or cannot be practiced well until the first skill is quite underway in other words um when someone first gets jhana or gets it a little bit it's very easy very quickly brought back out because of the unwholesome thoughts that that will cloud the mind uh <laughs> <it's>, it <laughs> The, the thought is: imagine that you're in the waiting room of an airport or a bus station, and you sit down and you put your bags down and you close your eyes and relax only a second later to recognize that somebody just taken your bags.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's what happens with first jhana: is, is that
0: we'll get into the first jhana and relax and then allow all of the crap to come back in. That happens over and over and over again. So once we begin to get
1: established that I can get myself into the first jhana, get myself relaxed, keep applying the mind and applying the mind and applying the mind. Now we're going to put the mind on guard while we're relaxing. This is back to the statement that Joe had made that when if we relax, really relax, then we lose our mind. And then when we're really relaxed, that's when the old hindrances are going to come back up and pull us right out of our relaxed state and get us agitated again. So there needs to be a new kind of method there where once we get the mind into the first jhana, now we have to sustain that. We have to watch our footing lest we fall out of that base camp and roll back (coughs) down the mountain, painfully so. So this is the way to to look at it: is is that the first jhana is almost all of the work, at least 90 percent. Another example that I've used from time to time is imagine getting one note to play on a violin. In order to get one note or one string tuned and play on the violin, that's almost all of the work. Getting the second, third, and fourth strings to play a note is easy enough, but getting that first note is really a whole lot of work because here you've got to go get a violin. You've got to get the bridge and the wire and the body and the tune and the nur- and the curl and the bridge board and all of those parts of the violin together. And that's what we mean by the samati is bringing all of the ingredients together. Because once you have those ingredients, those are the ingredients that we're going to use for the second, third, and fourth jhana, or the second, third, and fourth note. Okay, this is the important point is is that we have to spend a lot of time and effort building that skill of the first jhana to getting into it and getting it to sustain. And the key ingredient is, is to be on guard for the kind of thoughts that we have so that they're all wholesome. And it is amazing that you can actually say, well, yeah, I do feel kind of good right now and everything is okay. And then 10 seconds later, it's that, wow, that hits you. Wow, this is so nice. And I can do this anytime that I want to. This is really, really good kind of feeling okay but even that excited really really good kind of feeling that wowness also kind of subsides back into oh, that's so good but we still have to keep watching and keep having to watch and keep having to watch to maintain that that's the key, the key ingredient is, is that the the guarding of the mind or that sustaining of the wholesome thought that to, there's a sutta number um, 19 in the Majjhima Nikaya where the Buddha talks about the um, uh, the cowherd carrying a stick. I think that some of you have heard this story before. But the cowherd has to get his uh, cows out of the pen in his hovel out to the pasture where they can graze on the rice stalk and the um, uh, the foliage that's that's there. But in order to get the cows there, he's got to pass through a village. And while he's getting the cows through the village, that's very dangerous because the cows will want to eat some of the carrots and they'll step on a child or they'll run through the laundry or all kinds of things. And so the, uh, the cow herd has a stick and his stick is to use to hit that cow to keep it on the path. And so there he is with his few cows. This is not, by the way, Rawhide where you've got 10,000 cows with cowboys on horses or whatnot. This is an Indian that's got only, you know, a half a dozen or so cows. And so he can manage them because he's right in the middle of them. Um, And he has to use the stick to hit them, okay? So once he gets the cows out of that village area, he can go to take them to the um to the grazing area. he doesn't have to stand there with his stick anymore to hit the cows because now they have arrived they're in the grazing area or they're in a wholesome place, and he can go and sit down under a tree and relax, but he can't take his eye off the cow. You got to still watch. okay, so that watching quantity is still there. Now, bringing that, then, a little bit further, the Buddha says that um, that this is like having one wholesome thought after another wholesome thought after another wholesome thought is when the cows are out there grazing. And so that we can relax in the sense of now one wholesome thought, one wholesome thought, one wholesome thought. We can begin to put some gaps in there. And those gaps then uh, between the thoughts is just a momentary second jhana. And then this wholesome thought will come back up, and then uh, it goes away, and we go back into a momentary wholesome uh, second jhana. This is the proper practice, is that the wholesome thoughts can have gaps in them, but the ordinary mind, when he can get his mind into a wholesome state, to first jhana, he tries the second jhana, He'll have the next wholesome thought that comes actually isn't wholesome at all. It's unwholesome, and he's out of the John altogether. That that's the problem, that most people fall out of the tree when they're trying to get to the limb of the second John. If they would establish a treehouse on that first big limb, then they mm-hmm. can uh, explore the tree easily. But if they just get to that first limb and try to get up to the second limb, that's where they keep falling out of the tree. So that's another quality or or talking about the violin has to be fully established or this is the quality of that base camp has to be fully established before we go any higher than that. So that's part of the problem that people have is, is that instead of getting that base camp really, really established well, or getting the mind into one wholesome thought after another, after another, they try more than that. Okay, Joe, you got a question.
3: Yeah, so when you're describing the differences between the first jhana and the second jhana, obviously it's not like a, a signpost that comes up that just says, okay, now you're in the second jhana.
1: No, Is in it, fact, if that signpost comes up, you've just fallen out of the jhana. Right. You don't look <laughs> for those signposts. You're looking right. for lack of signposts.
3: Right, okay, so that makes sense. But it, like on an experiential level, um, like how how do you define the differences between them? like it seems like they like from what you're describing and from my experience and stuff that they they blend quite a bit. and yeah, I, I just wonder how how the numbering system came about, and yeah, is is it really like a like it's like, okay, no, you're definitely here or no, you're definitely here. And how do you define
1: that uh, okay? Um let's say that from here out on the highway at Surat Thani to Bangkok is a journey, is highway number A4, I think, and along the way are mile posts, or actually these are kilometer posts. And every kilometer, it will have a number on one side and a number on the other. And that number is how far it is to going to Bangkok from this direction and how far it is to Surat Thani on the other side of the milepost. Okay, The journey from Bangkok or from uh, Surat Thani to Bangkok is the same journey whether you put those mileposts out there or not. The mileposts are actually irrelevant to the actual journey itself. Okay, So this quality of first, second, third, and fourth jhana that we're talking about are merely nothing but mileposts that have been laid out there. And other than that, kind of meaningless. So the first jhana is actually the one that has all of the jhana factors gathered together. And then the later part of the jhana practice is, is that we... Put those five factors in various combinations to get the higher jhanas. But you have to have all of those skills. Okay. Going to piano playing that if the student can play every scale, because there's 12 notes, and each one of them has a scale. So you have the major scales, the minor scales, the harmonic minor scales all of those kind of scales, and he gets very good at doing those scales over and over and over again doing those scales, doing the chords, many, many different chords. If he can practice just scales and chords, he can probably play almost any music. So think of the first jhana is developing the skill of the scales and the chords and the fingering techniques that we need to do and the timing with all of that and then the music can come later. But that first jhana is being able to play chords and scales because we're actually just developing the skills that we need. So this is another way of looking at it, is is that all of the jhanas will have these various scales or various chords or various things, but all of that has to be developed in the first jhana. Or another way of saying it is, is that the stuff that you're going to take all the way to the summit of Mount Everest, you've got to get up to the base camp first. If you can't get that stuff to the base camp, you have no chance of getting it up to the top. So we have to keep looking at this idea of the, uh, the first jhana is the base camp, the, the wholesome place where we can go from there. But almost all of the work, and in fact, even the guy who is living on Everest is not going to live on the summit. He's going to live in the base camp. That if, in fact, you had some way of getting yourself into 4th Jhana and you were determined to stay into 4th Jhana, let us say, for three days or something like that. When you came out of 4th Johna, you would probably be either in the ICU or in the morgue. Why is that? Because you're in that 4th Johnna, you're not going to respond so that the, uh, somebody comes by and see you in that state and uh, they're going to treat you like the tar baby. They're going to try to get you to respond, and you're not going to respond to anything because you're determined you're going to stay in the fourth journal, right? <laughs> in fact, you may not even be aware that they're trying to stir you up because you're t- so deep into it. That's dangerous. We don't want to be living our lives in the fourth journal, but you wouldn't want to live your life in the base camp. You wouldn't want to live your life to where you were just happy and joyful and free of any
0: suffering all the time so we can say then that, that the first jhana is actually
1: the 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 path to enlightenment the buddha was very clear with that and yet the westerners still think that the second third fourth jhana open you know higher jhanas we got eight some people have nine <laughs> because there's a sutta where they're talking about various states of mind And so they add all of those things up and come with with nine jhanas to where really the issue is the first jhana. So going back into that first jhana, the way that we get into the first jhana is by being able to maintain the wholesome thoughts. One wholesome thought after another wholesome thought after another wholesome thought. And practicing generosity can do that. It can but also it can be mixed. So be sure that when you're practicing generosity or metta, that you're not practicing a delusional generosity or a delusional metta, but a real one. And the real the real one is, is that it does make you feel good because you're thinking of it in that way. But the whole idea is to get yourself into feeling really good, to feel um, satisfied is possibly the the easiest word. I used to talk about it in the sense of joy, and then the students would come back and say, well, I could bring joy, but it's not enough joy, which means they're not satisfied with it.
0: <clears throat>
1: and so it doesn't matter whether we even have joy or not. That joy is actually kind of a, a side issue. The real issue is can we get ourselves into a state of satisfaction? That's the important one. And the and the word satisfaction that I'm using here uh, goes back to the Pali
0: word of sukha, which is exactly the opposite of dukkha. If, and you can see logically, that's where the Buddha
1: was coming from. All the path to getting out of dukkha is to put the mind into a state of sukha, which is actually easy enough to do when you practice it. But the question is, can you sustain that? Or does the mind go back into unsatisfying thoughts? Thoughts of warning things? Yes, Jeff. Um,
2: so if you're in Sukha, is, is that by definition one of the jhanas? Because I have, I have periods of time where my body's very still, the mind is very still, I'm just completely satisfied, really without thought. Is that a jhanic state?
1: Yes, um, though those points in time, those momentary points in time between the thoughts is the second jhana. But that's but for the beginner, that's not going to last very long. There will be thoughts coming back. The question is, are those thoughts going to continue to be wholesome, which means that you can land back into the first jhana. Let's say that the the first jhana is actually going to be the safety net. Or the treehouse. So when you fall out of the higher limbs of the tree, you don't fall all the way to the hard ground. You fall back into the treehouse that you've got, which is the first jhana. If you're on the top of Mount Everest, if you fall out of Mount uh, Mount Everest, you want to fall back to the base camp, not all the way down to the valley.
0: So that's the trick that we're looking for is, is that those one wholesome thought after another. And so we have to
1: train the mind to have only those wholesome thoughts. The wholesome thoughts that we train for to get us into the first jhana is exactly now the same thing that we have to practice to sustain it. But we have to remember to not just get relaxed, but to maintain that relaxation by making sure that the thoughts are wholesome. And this is how we will begin to maintain that first jhana. And the way to continue to thinking about is is that oh, right now all I'm going to do is to keep having one wholesome thought after another after another. And begin then to also allow yourself to have a short gap, but it's not a goal of getting to the point to where there's no thoughts, but rather let it be a natural process of one
0: wholesome thought and then another wholesome thought. Then another wholesome thought, um, and then another
1: wholesome thought like this. So you can actually slow the thoughts down. Trying to stop the mind is really like to tra- trying to chase an animal. If that animal knows that you're chasing it, it's going to run. And that's why so many students wind up being frustrated is because they can't get what they want.
0: But they're wanting the wrong thing. What they really should want is um, to, to have the wholesome
1: thoughts so that the mind will allow the body and the feelings to relax into a state of satisfaction. Now, that word sukha has several definitions in the Pali Dictionary. One has to do with safety and security. But that's the baseline. And you know that the Buddha has uh, several suttas. It's a big point about, um, in fact... The the name of the um, the wat is Abaya Gary. Now Abaya is the word fear. Abaya means not fear, and Gary is the word for hill. So Abaya Gary is is translated then as to fearless mountain. We're not looking for fear and fearlessness, but whether we're looking for the absence of fear or the feeling of safe and security. Imagine that the warrior is about to go into battle, and he is confident, and he's secure, and he is fearless going into battle. That's fearlessness. We're not looking for fearlessness. We're looking for safety, security, and satisfaction. And if I feel safe, secure, and satisfied, I'm not about to go into battle. I don't need to be fearless. I don't need to be brave because I've got no battle to have. (laughs) And that's why it's um, not a good translation to call it fearless mountain. We're not looking for a tough fearlessness. We're looking for um, safety and security. And so this is what we're looking for in our sukkah, is the the feeling of safety, security, and comfort will lead to satisfaction. And yet a lot of meditators miss out on that issue of comfort because they think they're supposed to sit still upright in the meditation hall for an hour or two hours or long periods of time, and the body gets tired. And yet the Buddha talks about, no, we have to keep the body comfortable, because if the body is not comfortable, you're not going to be satisfied. Joe, you got a question?
3: Yeah. Uh, so you were talking about the gaps between wholesome thoughts, and I just wonder if you can uh, compare what you're describing there versus what happens when the mind is dull and there's just some dullness presence and thoughts aren't coming, not because of that, but just because, yeah, I, I don't know, I've, I've just noticed it in my own practice that uh, sometimes my mind goes blank but I I tend to think it's more because I, I'm like maybe just not motivated in that moment or I, 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 don't, I don't really know why. It's just how it is sometimes. But it's, it's definitely not the gap between wholesome thoughts that you're describing. And I just yes. wonder if you can describe the difference.
1: Yes, absolutely. One thing about that dullness is often after the sitter has been sitting for a while and has been working, Um, at a skill that he has not gotten used to doing. And so the mind gets tired of all the effort that it's putting in and gets
0: tired and then dull. So the dullness is coming from working too hard.
1: And many meditators will mistake that dullness for the first jhana or the second jhana where in fact, no, it's just dullness. So here's the important question for you to ask yourself about this, and that is in that dull state, is that dull state really satisfying?
3: No, I, I mean, I, I know that it doesn't have the other jhanic factors with it. It doesn't have the piti and the suka uh, associated with it, that it's, it's pretty
1: much just dullness. Right. Right. okay, And so that would be when when the student recognizes that he's just gotten himself into a dull state, possibly the right thing to do. Is to change something. All right. One of the things that we can do, in fact, there's a list of things, and one of them we can do is take a cold, wet rag and wash our face and our our limbs with um, a washcloth. Or that's actually a pretty big thing. We can actually simulate that washcloth with our hand while we're just sitting there and rub our arms a little bit, rub our face, wake up a little bit. And I and, uh, have that with the thought of, wow, I'm really glad I caught myself getting dull. I don't have to do that. I can sit here and enjoy the moment without getting dull-minded, okay? Yes, dullness and and tiredness is a more likely thing to happen to
0: a meditator in the beginning than jhana. Isn't that
1: interesting? Dullness is the common thing that happens. And because of that, many meditators substitute in their mind or actually make the mistake of thinking that that dullness is something that they're trying to get. And the reason that they would think that that dullness is something of value is because they've been told that they're supposed to go deep in the meditation. I don't know where the deep word ever came from, but it's there in Western Buddhism. A better way of saying it is instead that we don't want to go deep. We're not trying to dig a hole in the dirt. We're actually trying to get undirty, to rise above it, lokatara, to become above or to go up, brighten the mind or gladden the mind, which means going up, not down. And so this is the the way of understanding it is, is that we're trying to go up or lighten the load so that we can climb or go high rather than uh, going deep into meditation. So it's good that you brought up that point about dullness, The dullness is not what we're looking for. It does have the quality of not being thought. But. That does not have the quality of applying the mind, and it doesn't have the quality of sustaining the mind, and it doesn't have the quality of the sukha, and it doesn't have the quality of the pity. In fact, it's missing almost all of the jhana factors, but it's just dull, and yet many people will think that that dullness has something to do with, with jhana. But in fact, the jhana itself is invigorating because it has that wow quality. Wow, this is so good. Let me keep this going. I could do this. And it has that quality to it also of the can-do, the attitude. That's where the pity comes in, is the pity is that, oh, wow, this is so good. I could do this. Wow, this is so nice. I can't believe how good this stuff is. It's really, I can really feel it. I mean, uh, it's great. Okay, that's the kind of feeling that we're trying to generate. And we can do that um, uh, by having those kind of words. And then um, kind of almost accidentally, we actually fall into it. It's almost like thinking that I can't really talk myself into feeling good without recognizing, well, we talk ourselves into feeling bad all the time. And so it's almost a big surprise that I talk myself into feeling good, and I talk myself into feeling good, and I talk myself into feeling good. Yeah, so what? So I keep talking to myself into feeling good, and all of a sudden I start to feel good. (laughs) I actually do feel good now. (laughs) And so that's the way that we're going to be practicing correctly is we keep Practicing that quality of brightening the mind, gladdening the mind and telling ourselves how nice things are, how friendly we are to the other people. You can do that. In fact, the way that Jeff was talking about it is just that getting someone to smile and then remembering their smile later. Yeah, we can do
0: this. We can be friends. We can get people to smile and have fun and joy. So, does anybody have any questions about what we're talking about so far? um i I have a question if I could ask.
1: Go right ahead.
3: okay. Um, is it Is it worthwhile, like temporarily um, like because sometimes I just noticed that maybe, uh, I, I don't know. My mind is is too one pointed, focused on the breath or something, and that's like when this dullness is coming about. Is it worth uh, extending my focus to like the other sense bases or anything like that, or is the breath enough to sort of eliminate this dullness, um, or is it just or is it just more of a thing of like in my everyday life that I should like be working on before meditating? Um, But, or, like, how, when I'm in
0: meditation to to deal with that, I guess. Well, I'm not really quite sure of what you're saying. Okay, you, so what, can I'm, you...
3: what I'm, yeah, I can, I can ask it in a different way. Um, is it worth, like, because sometimes my mind can find it interesting to see like the richness of all the different things that I can see all at once, like the feeling in my body or something like that. But if I'm taking the breath as my meditation object, uh, it's like it gets bored or something. Um, and I, yeah, and I end up, I mean, of course, like this isn't every time, but it is something that I notice happens with me and yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Here's the point. Let's talk about the meditation object first. The meditation object. According to the Buddha, according to Mahasi, according to Bhikkhu Buddha Dasan, according to practice is, is that we have to seize or control the object. We have to grasp the object of meditation. That's the first thing now. Once we're capable of seizing and grasping the object of meditation, that means that we can seize and grasp other objects also. Most of the people in meditation, when they talk about seizing and grasping the object, they're thinking about that means that we only have one object of meditation. An example would be mantra or metta or the breath to where in fact, the the way to practice anapanasati is, is that it, the, uh, it's going to be moving. But it's going to be moving the object, but it's going to be moving it intentionally. So, with the breath, as you're breathing in, by slowing the breath down, let's say that we're not breathing 20 breaths a minute anymore, we're breathing sticks. Six is like the count of ten, which would be a four, four, two. That's a good place for people to get start. And at six breaths a minute, that's ten seconds. According to the way that we calculated, that's a hundred mind moments. How many mind moments do you need to spend on the breath to seize that object? Because we're going to move the object from one thing to another. So we only need one mind moment of seizing the breath on an in-breath and one mind moment of seizing the breath on the out-breath. That leaves another, um, let us say, count of four or four seconds on that in-breath to do other things. You can do a whole lot of stuff in four seconds. Right, okay. All right, and so we're going to keep moving the object around But when we do, we're not just scatterbrained, just moving around helter-skelter. When we do it, we grab that object. Okay. Think of it kind of like a waitress who is highly skilled. In fact, some restaurants make the waitresses practice this. So when they come out, they can come out with six plates of food how can they manage six plates of food? They have to pick up each plate and grasp it carefully and balance it on their arm correctly so that they can carry six plates of food with them. All right. If they're unmindful of any one of those plates, they'll drop it in and probably everything. So, um, you you could also think of it as a balancing act, but the balance is going to be that when you move from object to object, you're actually going to seize that object. Okay, so as we're seizing these objects, we seize the breathing first, but we also seize the gladdening of the mind also. In other words, we intentionally make sure that the thoughts are wholesome. Then we seize, in another mind moment, we seize the feeling. A mind moment can be in the sense of seizing the feeling of safe. Another mind moment of feeling secure. Another mind moment of feeling comfortable. Another mind moment of feeling satisfied. So there's the sukkha component. And then the wow feeling, or the great, how nice this is. That's the pity component. And we can spend that in-breath doing that period. uh, In other words, we can practice on an in-breath almost everything that we need to do. And if we keep doing it like that over and over again, those breaths will then build up into that first shana. But the important thing is, is that we have to keep throwing out those hindrances and, and uh, let us say seizing that object. I, w- I want to make sure that we're not using words like concentration because that confuses people. Uh, the word concentration is used for other things. So seizing the object is a better way of talking about it, grasping it, falling upon it, jumping on it grasping it, controlling it. This is what we're going to be doing. This is actually an active meditation. This is not passive. We're going to have to do an awful lot of climbing to build that base camp of the first jhana. Okay, so this this is an active right effort, the right effort to throw those hindrances out and to gladden the mind over and over again. And when thoughts of frustration come, throw those out and say, I can handle that frustration. That frustration is nothing to me. Wow, I can handle frustration so easily, so easy. nothing to it, easy peasy. And so these are the kind of thoughts that we will have over and over and over again to establish that wholesome thinking this is the number one skill to be developed is that uh coming out of unwholesome thought into the wholesome thought go ahead joe so
3: okay so i i i do this so that that makes that that makes me feel good because i i'm not doing anything wrong uh there and i'm just wondering uh Should you because you're talking mostly in terms of the mind and the thoughts, but should you also extend it to, for example, uh, your your vision or um, your sense of the body uh, also? Or do you wait with that until you're solidly established in the first jhana?
1: I would say that it would be easier. It's not necessary is 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 not necessary, but it's easier for the practitioners generally to practice with their eyes closed until they right. can get into that state. No, and and I, I know, and, can...
3: and my my eyes are my eyes are closed, but I just mean like the vision in terms of your eyes being closed, but the sort of like natural uh, whatever that appears when your eyes
1: are closed, you know. Um, I would say that that's often not worthy of an object to take,
0: because
1: okay. it's not part of the Anapanasati Sutta. Okay. But I would say that after we are able to get into the first jhana and maintain it for a while, while we're sitting still in seclusion, then we can begin to add that practice. And in fact, this is a, a, a more sophisticated practice of the first jhana, which is really the kind of skill that we need to, to do. So going back to the issue of the base camp is, is that we really do have to establish that base camp, which means we get to know the area very well. So this is how we're going to do that is, is that once we get that first jhana established while we've got our eyes closed, the question is, can we open our eyes and still maintain that first genre? The next thing is, in fact, we can practice that. We can get into a really good state, open the eyes, and then close them again and reestablish the first jhana and then open the eyes again and reestablish it. So that's back and forth to to really get that first jhana to where it will sustain. Then the next thing we could do after we got our eyes open, can you actually stand up and maintain the first jhana? Can you stand up and turn around and walk out of the room and maintain that first jhana? The answer for most people is no, not without some practice. So, when leaving the first, uh, that's also a very good skill to know is when did you come out of first jhana? Why did you get up? In, the, in other words, are you actually practicing? Can I maintain this while I'm getting up? is one thing, but just getting up because we had some thought and just wandering off, which is what we normally or do, or maybe the bell ringing. and this is over. And now I don't have to do this anymore.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, but, but that probably is either, um, not first John in the first place, or it certainly pulls us out of the first John. So we really want to then to develop that skill of the third skill, by the way, is how do we come out of the third of uh, the first John, the third skill is getting out of it. The first skill is getting into it. The second skill is to maintain it. And the third skill is the coming out of it. And the way that people would come out of it is either going to be unskillful. You fall out, you just forgot, or something happened or the bell rang or whatever. Or there's the establishment of the skill of coming out of the first jhana. Now there's two ways of coming out of the first jhana. both of them intentionally. One would be to take care of some business, which means we're going back into the ordinary mind, but we still have that lingering feeling that we're very still close to uh, to first jhana, which is uh, referred to as access concentration, or accessing samadhi is a better way of thinking about it because those samadhi factors are close at hand. The other way of developing the third, the first jhana, that third skill, is the skill of. Uh, putting those gaps in the wholesome thoughts so that we have uh, a wholesome thought and then a gap and then another wholesome thought. That would be momentarily coming out of 1st Jhana a 2nd Jhana and then back out. And then up to First 2nd jo- uh, Jhana and then back out again. And so the development of the skill of 2nd Jhana is merely putting gaps in the thoughts. And the best way to do that is with the out-breath. That as we breathe in, we breathe in with very few words, like part of a mantra. And as we breathe out, we breathe out with very, very few words, like the end of the mantra. And as we breathe out, we, do, we stop breathing in, but we stop thinking or stop saying that mantra. So boo on the in-breath and do on the out-breath. And as we do the do on the out-breath, we hold it. And then we breathe in again and let the breathing start with the word. So we now have a relationship between the breath and the the mind state so that as we can breathe out, we can actually stop the mind or actually the mind will just kind of slow down or come down to, to nothing with that out breath. When you're in that state now, which comes first, the next thought or the next breath? Can you actually take the next breath without a thought occurring? Don't even try that in the beginning because you'll be frustrated. (laughs) What you want to do is to start working them together. So you don't let the mind start up until it's time to take the next breath, which can be two, three, four seconds, you see. And so this is the way that we can practice that. But we always are doing it by using that breathing and controlling it or seizing it like that. And so this is why the breathing is so important, is it because it's going to be there, the tool, that in fact it's only in the fourth jhana will we say goodbye to the breath. And the reason for that is because once someone is so relaxed into the fourth jhana, their breathing is so shallow that it's not worth looking at anymore anyway. And besides that, the mind is so sharp and so refined that we're more interested in taking on the higher levels, which will be the step 13, 14, 15, and 16 of the Anapanasati. But the important point is with that first jhana is that everything that we do note is wholesome. How to maintain and sustain that first jhana is by making sure that everything that we're doing, everything that we're talking about, everything that we're thinking is completely wholesome. That's the way of going is, and so by having every thought wholesome, we can sustain it, but we have to be on guard to make sure that those thoughts are wholesome. So going back to the point about opening the eyes, what, we can actually consciously open the eyes and maintain those wholesome thoughts. Then we can actually stand up while we're maintaining those wholesome thoughts, but we actually keep having to practice that sustaining the wholesome thoughts. That way one can actually get up, walk around, even go to the bank and move in and out of First Jhana while they are sitting there waiting for the um, uh, uh, the, the teller or, or dealing with the teller. So you want to either be in First Jhana all the time or so close to it that you can come right back into it with a bit of mindfulness and a deep breath and you're right back in. So this is a better skill to be developed than the grasping and clinging after the higher jhanas. That the first jhana, that's the path to the enlightenment. And all that really means is these five factors of, number one, only wholesome thoughts. Number two, the feeling of satisfaction. Number three, the feeling of winner, the feeling of attitude, the feeling of, wow, this is nice and I can do it. And then... The next is the applying and sustaining the mind to keep that going, to keep that going, to keep that going. This is; These are the factors of the first jhana. And you know something? Everybody can do this. Everybody does do this. I would say that at least once a day, everybody is in the first jhana, probably a second or two, maybe five or ten seconds and as you practice correctly with meditation you will start raising that level higher and higher so that you'll be in 10 minutes of uh, jhana throughout the day without doing any formal practice at all so this is the way of, of looking at it is, is that it's that de- base that base development of that first jhana which has that quality of only wholesome thoughts uh, and going along with the feeling good and the feeling um, really, really highly successful at it. This is the first genre. And this is what we have to be, uh, practicing. And I know that the Western mind is all after the greed of, well, I got to have the whole thing. No, if, if, you, in other words, you, you cannot drive your car to town if you can't get the door open. And so getting the door open, that's the first genre, getting the
0: door open, getting in there. That's the important point. So, Alex, good to see you. Good to see you, Don Murato. Good to see everyone. Hey, Alex. Hey. How you doing, buddy? Jeff. I'm Okay. <laughs> been been pretty uh pretty
4: pretty discouraged for the past uh couple days i've I've given up quite literally so i I'll, I'll be honest though i do take a some when things get really overwhelming sometimes or at least when i'm thinking that i uh i take a deep breath and enjoy it but um I've mainly just been pretty discouraged.
0: Just the way it's been. Is this the first time that you've ever been discouraged? Um, Or is this a habit? No, it's not the first time.
1: It's not. Yeah, right. The last time that we talked, we uh, worked together uh, to get you into a state that was quite enjoyable. Do you remember that? Yeah,
4: I just... I tried doing it the next day, and it's it's just a lot of work to be breathing like that through the whole day. It's
0: completely taxing. I didn't taxing. Have you to do it the whole time. Can you do it just one time? Can you practice it as a skill and do it again?
1: That's the first um, uh, skill that has to be developed is the skill of getting into it. And that you're getting discouraged because you're having discouraging thoughts, which are not wholesome thoughts at all.
0: You maintain unwholesome thoughts mm-hmm. because you're wanting something.
4: yeah, I'm wanting to do this practice like, well, yeah,
1: stop <laughs> wanting to do it and just enjoy
0: it instead.
4: As the reason why I'm discouraged is I don't even I don't think I can do this. I think I'm just. I don't know if I'm not doing for it or what.
1: If you hadn't been able to do this, you wouldn't have survived up until this time. You would have died already. You would have given yourself a heart attack or you would have given yourself cancer or fleas or something. I'm talking about the practice. I am too. I'm talking specifically about the practice of relaxation. Hmm. And you won't let yourself relax.
0: Hey, Robert.
5: Hey, guys. Alex, you can do it. Success. Uh, Roar. Thanks, Robert. (laughs) Good to see
1: you, guys. Good to see you. Yeah, I tell you what, it's really, really hard to paint a house when the old paint is old and dried and cracking. It's really hard to paint a house. And that's what's happening with you, is, is that you're You've gotten yourself discouraged over something that's really easy to do. And now it's you're spending easy. your time. Saying, it is easy. It absolutely is easy. When you say it's not easy, that's an unwholesome thought. Again, it's not easy for me. It's it easy is for easy me. for you. You're just having another
0: unwholesome thought right then. That's an unwholesome thought. It's uneasy. It's difficult. It's really difficult for me. Yeah. What is difficult? What is difficult?
1: Taking a deep breath. No. Is that difficult? No. Uh, okay. Not
4: letting not letting my doubt and failure make me want to quit. That's what's difficult. Not being okay. convinced by thoughts of doubt and failure. Being convinced that I'm not doing the practice right or I'm not going to be able to do it or not gonna right. not gonna be able not- to sustain it. Or not going to be able to get back into it, or
1: the Joe, doubt have and Joe? Have you ever had those thoughts? Joe, have you ever had those thoughts? Eric, yes, have you I ever have had those, those
0: thoughts. thoughts?
1: Yes. Jeff, have you ever had those thoughts? Thoughts of doubt, thoughts of a can can I do it or not? Oh yeah, Many How about you, Robert? Can you? Yeah, you've had thoughts. yeah, of, heck yeah. Right, so, I've been there. Alex, please hear that you're not special. I don't
4: listen. I don't think I'm special. I just think I'm uh I think I'm ex- like extremely like incapable of doing
1: this. No, you're not extremely capable of, of uh incapable of doing this. That's just an unwholesome thought. Please explain, Joe, to Alex that that's an unwholesome thought. He can have a wholesome thought like I can do it. Instead, it's just a thought. But he is Alex really is clinging lying. to unwholesome thinking.
2: Well, Alex, you're lying to yourself,
1: buddy. You're yeah, you're lying to yourself, yourself also. Because you know you, you can do this, on inside. You've done it. I've seen you do it.
3: Your ego, Your ego is holding on for dear life. <laughs> Your ego is just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and you don't have to listen to it.
2: Lying to others is bad enough, but lying to yourself is like, Why?
4: <laughs> It's It's been real hard, guys.
1: That's, that's all I can okay, say. Okay, well, but
3: right about right now? Okay, but right, right now.
1: Is right it- now. Right now. Right now, that thought has been really hard. Do you recognize that as an unwholesome thought?
0: Sure, yes, I do Okay, then give yeah. me a wholesome thought I can do this Give me another Believe wholesome it. thought
1: <laughs> Another wholesome thought
4: I can do this I can, I can start again, I can keep doing it
1: How about the James Brown meditation? I feel good Can you do that? Can you sing that song and raise your fist and do it? Can you say, I feel good? Can you say that?
4: It's just it's just temporary, though, Domirato.
1: I, we're going to yes, get off the phone, and I'm going to have not. the that's same open. problem. Well, Until you do I feel good again, it's always temporary. Everything is temporary. Stop trying to get a success and keeping it. We're not trying to get success. We're trying to practice being successful. I thought we had gone over this before. We're not trying to be experts at card, at, uh, excuse me. We're not trying to build a house of cards and maintain that house of cards. We're being in the process of building the skill of developing it. So just because your, fa- your house of cards falls apart, don't get discouraged. That's just more a house of cards falling apart. Say, never mind, start again. Never mind, start again. That's the way to practice.
0: I, you I want understand. to be discouraged, and, and all you have I've, to do is to just have wholesome thoughts.
1: I've tried. I've done that a lot. I've I've done that a lot then of that. Do it again. No, never mind the past. Never mind the past. Now, have a wholesome thought.
2: I think you're dwelling on the on what's happened, like two days ago, three days ago, Alex. Just focus on like right now. I certainly.
4: I certainly am guys. I am. I just, I'm, I feel so I scarred. I feel so scarred from it. I just don't, I don't, I don't look, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you wanting to help me out, Dom and everybody. I just, I just came here so that I could hear you guys talk to see maybe if it would, you know, give me some inspiration when I'm ready to try it again. I'm just having a hard time right now, and
0: well, let's I do it right I, now. just just, just even
4: just just even just even trying this again, just starting again is triggering for me because
0: triggering I'm gonna,
4: what? It's triggering failure and doubt, and I have a really hard time looking at that for myself. It, I have a really hard time looking at it. That's what I notice. Well, it's it's very it's very intense for me.
1: All right, Alex, you're a failure at it. So what? Never mind. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and have a wholesome thought. It really is that easy, just to have a wholesome thought. And you want to be discouraged. Maybe I do. So, maybe it's and just. And so you keep having discouragement. You right can now. do it. Just take. I know it's very familiar. It's just easier. You've been easier. doing that. It it's is easier. easier. You have to take some effort. You need to put the effort in to gladden the mind. I know.
4: I'm I'm exhausted from it. I'm exhausted from putting in that effort and, and not knowing how to keep doing it. Will you stop having thoughts again. of I'm
1: exhausted and just have a wholesome thought right now? This is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. You keep demanding to have
0: unwholesome thoughts when you could have a wholesome thought instead. Yes, I see that. You're right.'ve well, well, I've got, you got a, a I've got a question about practice if if you if you want it, just
3: because it was something that you mentioned earlier about this uh, the deep breath or the the um I'm sorry, you were saying that your breath becomes so um, uh, it just like, becomes taxing.
4: Do the breathing over and over and over again. The, to do that over and over and over again throughout the day. It's like
1: You don't have ri- to do it over ridiculous. and over and over and over again. That's another unwholesome thought. The way thought that you're saying
0: it. why, Why don't you just say this breath is okay?
4: Yeah, I just thought that's the point of the practice to do the breath over and over and over again.
1: No, the thought is not to do it over and over and over again. That's unwholesome. That's completely wrong. I thought you said the this is about is, doing it over and I know, over again. Forget about what you thought I said because I did not say it that way. You're making unwholesome out of it. Listen to what I had to say correctly. Okay. Enjoy this breath. Do it now. Let's see you. Take a Give me some wholesome words and take a wholesome deep breath. Let me see you take a wholesome deep breath. It doesn't have to be exaggerated. I exaggerate it so people can see it.
0: Just enjoy this breath. Okay, enjoy this breath. Okay, great. That's all you have to do.
1: All right. That's your whole practice. Nothing more than that is just to remember to enjoy this breath. Not that it's happening absentmindedly while your mind is full of other stuff, but
0: intentionally saying that this is a good breath. I'm enjoying this breath. Then in fact, part of the discouragement is because you have had a lot of success, and
1: now you're trying to regain that success.
4: Yeah, and the other—that's a great point you make because part of the discouragement is I don't even know if that success that I had is actual, actually genuine. Because
1: don't worry about it. Because I don't know how, how to fact, reproduce it. It's dead. It's gone. You don't need to produce it. You don't need to pre- reproduce it. Then, in fact, the wanting to reproduce it is part of the frustration. Don't go. Don't dwell in the past. Just come back to this breath and say. At least this breath is okay. Yes, Robert, you're your own so
5: so one kind of, so one addition here. So the way this practice works, as I've understood, as I understand it, is you're rewiring your brain, right? You know, and so when you're learning anything new, you know, as Domerado says, you're learning skiing, you're learning the piano, you just have to keep doing it over and over and over again. And you know, when you're doing those exercises on the piano, it can be really boring monotonous, tedious, it doesn't have to be that way. And it's actually, when you take the deep breath, it's nice, but you just have to keep doing it. And over time, you get these new neural pathways and you just start to think wholesomely automatically. You know, you get to that wisdom at the point of contact like Vicky Buddha Dasa talks about, but you just have to keep doing it over and over and over and over and over again. You know, just like anything else, like push-ups. You think you could do a thousand push push-ups tomorrow if, when you wake up?
1: No, but I can do a thousand ups <laughs> over the next ten years.
5: Yeah, you could, and if you train every day, no,
1: I can't. If, if the past ten years <laughs> is any example, no, I can't do a thousand pushups in ten years.
5: <laughs> yeah, so it's ridiculous to compare yourself to an Olympic, uh, you know, deadlifter, right? When you're just not, why would you do that? You know, but you, if you start lifting. The little tiny weights, you just keep doing it every day. Eventually, you can do the Olympic, uh, you know, level deadlifting. So that's just all this is, you know, so don't beat yourself Uh, up. And
1: while you're lifting that weight, instead of saying, oh, this is only one kilo and my arm is already getting tired, we can just say that, oh, I can do this and do it one time in this present moment. We get tired of doing everything. In fact, we, before you called, we were just talking about how uh, students get in meditation, they get dull because they're working too hard and trying too hard, which is what you're actually doing, Alex. You're working too hard and trying too hard, and now you're giving up. That's very typical of meditation practitioners. <laughs> Most uh, practitioners are failures. They never get out of it what they're looking for because they're looking for something. But meditation is the fact that we can just relax and be satisfied without anything, without wanting anything. And here you are wanting, 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 wanting. As I said before, that there's probably more dead bodies on the mountain side of meditation than there are dead bodies on the side of Mount Everest. That most people fail at meditation because they want something. They want to get to the summit. Where basically what we're really wanting to do, or a better thing to say, is to get a base camp. And your base camp is to be able to breathe and be satisfied with this present moment. Everything is okay right now. It is your place that you need to start, and you haven't gotten there yet. So all you need to do is just take another breath and say, I like this breath. It doesn't have to be a special breath. It doesn't have to be a kind of breath. But it can be an in
0: I do that so you guys can see it on the internet. But it doesn't have to be that way. Hello, Robert. Good to see
1: you. There, we've got two Roberts on. Hi. Hi. Um, I have a question for
6: Alex. Um, Alex, when you do the practice and you do make a strong effort, but you fail anyway, do you sometimes feel like um, a bit cold to yourself, like cold-hearted or... um? disconnected from your emotions
4: not disconnected from my emotions in fact i feel very very connected to my emotions which i think is what partially is the problem Mm
0: -hmm. because um
4: i have like doubt and like failure come up if i start feeling good if i start feeling good literally doubt doubt and failure will get stronger thoughts of doubt and failure will get stronger and, and
6: then it seems fake as well. It seems like fake. Exactly. Like, oh, I had it for just a second, but it's gone. Like, And that's and doubt the, right the there. My experience is just, yeah.
4: It's and just that's the doubt the right it. there. Yeah. It, it says, it says, it's, oh, this is fake. Or, oh, this this can't really be happening. Or, oh, you're going to lose it or something. It, it's like, Jesus, can I have a break? Like, I'm doing my best here. And then all these fucking terrible thoughts are coming in. It's like, how, how, how can I fucking enjoy that? <laughs> hey, come on! Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, another yeah. one thing is, is, you need to change your attitude about that. In the sense of, you can say, "Never mind. I don't care about any of that stuff. I can still relax and be happy." Yeah,
4: I've done that too. I've, I have well, done then do that too. do it again
1: too. and do it again uh, and do it uh, again, and instead say- of going back into the unwholesome, you see, you really go on, automatically. In fact, you are in this group here demanding. That we listen to your unwholesome thoughts.
0: Yeah, I would say that's they tough.
1: Like well, that you... means that you're demanding of yourself to listen to your unwholesome thoughts.
0: Yeah.
6: Even if you um, even if you can't become relaxed and happy, those degrees of relaxed and happy. Like before, like the first jhana, and then before access concentration, and before anything you might consider wholesome. Like even within the unwholesomeness and within the doubt, you can have like little like tiny tastes of 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 of, of ease just within that like those um those the degrees of of satisfaction go like very very subtle like all the way down. So yeah, one thing you can do is to just about. is w- when you're in like a really strong negative emotion, is something I, I like to do sometimes is not even try to get rid of the emotion, but just say you know what? It's fine that I'm feeling this doubt. It's okay that I'm feeling this doubt. Um, there was something I, I, um, uh, I can't, I can't remember who I spoke about this with, but, um, they were saying like, to me, what's wrong with feeling like an individual? Because I, the whole time I was on a call with them, I was like implying that there was, this is quite common in like spirituality is like this subtle implication that there's something wrong with being an ego, but that's an unwholesome thought. And and then it made me realize, like, actually, what if I can just accept that I am an individual or that I am a depressed individual or that I have these doubts and just be okay that that's there. And, yeah, I'm still not happy. I'm still miserable. But like I'm like a 0.01 percent happier than I was. And that's still something. Yeah, maybe like maybe just try to find like the subtlest, like what's the subtlest, tiniest little degree of wholesomeness that you can add and sustain with like minimal effort? So just, just start really, really small maybe could
0: could help out. It's a good idea. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Well said, Robert, thank you. That was a good way of saying it. Um, it, it it fits in exactly with what we've been teaching in the sense of becoming friends with yourself, Alex. It's okay that those doubts of, are, are there. If you can recognize them as doubts, And you can say, "Uh uh-huh, I see you doubt. Never mind. Let me take a deep breath and just enjoy and relax again. Then you can come up more than one or two percent. You can come up three or four. But if you don't like the doubt and you don't like the frustration, then you are doubting about the doubt and you're frustrating about the frustration and you're making it worse.
4: Yeah, I I understand. I just. Sometimes I just don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it that way. The way that you're well, describing.
0: Well, let's just do it right the,
1: now. Let's do it right now. Just take another breath and say, this breath
0: is okay. This breath is fine. This breath is okay. This breath is
1: fine. Right, but you didn't have any joy with that. Can you do it now and mean it? This breath is... I mean, do do you really doubt that this breath is not okay? Can you at least be sure that this breath is going to keep you alive for the next two minutes?
4: This breath is enjoyable.
1: It is, right. It's going to keep you alive. If you don't believe me, then stop breathing for five minutes just
0: to see how good this next breath is going to be. That that your breath is life-giving. You should appreciate that you're alive. Do
1: you actually like being alive, Alex? No, not lately. Hmm.
6: Maybe maybe don't focus on, on feeling joy. Maybe focus on just feeling compassion. When it's really hard because i'll bet you right now like you feel a bit more compassionate for yourself than before the call or maybe after the call ends and just just notice
0: that like subtle difference and how that's like subtly more wholesome just a just a little bit more wholesome
4: yeah you know i um for a while i just practiced what you said robert where i just like noticed whatever i was Whatever feelings were in awareness. And then I would um, just ask myself, like, what level of okayness can I find with this? How, how can I be okay with this? Am I okay with this? No. Am I okay with that? No. Okay, well, can I be okay with that? Okay, okay. You say, yeah. I can find that I well, can be okay with that.
1: Well, that's the way. When you ask that question, are you okay with it? The answer is going to be yes. To say, no, I'm not okay is just another unwholesome thought.
4: No, I know, but what I was saying is I was relating to what Robert said is like finding that level of okayness that was acceptable for me at the time. Another thing, a a but, really
6: good reframe, a really good reframe that I've heard about is that actually you are already okay with it because as soon as you've noticed that you're okay with it or not okay with it, guess what? The present moment is new. The present moment is always changing. So w- whenever you're noticing, am I okay with this? You're actually noticing that in like a previous present moment. So it's it's almost impossible to not be okay with it. So you're already okay with it. What you're worried about is not being okay with it in the next moment. And that sort of that fear is coming in the back door and it's spoiling this moment, but you're all, you're already okay with it. Because look, you're alive, you're breathing, the body's still here. Mm. You'd already be dead if you weren't truly okay with it. So some somewhere in you, even if even if it's so obscured by by this just like cloud of negativity, like something in you is okay with it just by default of it
4: being here. Good point. Yeah, just might not just don't think it's. uh, Experientially accessible to me, that level of okayness that you're talking about, that's obscured by the fact that I'm still alive because I haven't hurt myself. Obviously, I must be okay with it at some level. I know what you mean. But, um, Mirada, what I was saying is that, like, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to try to convince you anymore that I'm discouraged and that I want you to see me that way. I'm, I'm, all I can do is just share how I felt. This, this has been
1: I, I really literally, that. One of, you one have of the really things. driven that home. Yeah. Day after day, time after time, I've talked to you. You keep coming back with
0: discouragement, which is just another unwholesome thought. That's all they are, just unwholesome
1: thoughts. Can you see that they're unwholesome? And then begin, I mean, you do have enough control over your mind that you can decide to think what you want to think. And you're deciding that you want to continue to think you by the way alex you
0: do have my full permission to quit you have my full permission to quit everything you
1: have full permission to just stay discouraged all you want to be discouraged you've really
0: convinced me that you want to be discouraged it's okay with me that you're discouraged but i also give you permission To see that discouragement,
1: and to see it clearly, and to recognize that it's just an old friend. It's just a dark place that you've been many, many times. Why don't you begin to enjoy being discouraged? I mean, you've really convinced me that you're discouraged. You are 100% successful at proving to me that you're discouraged. (laughs) Can you take any joy out of that? You've talked me into it. I get it. You're discouraged. I believe you 100%. You don't have to talk to me anymore about how discouraged you are. I got you. I've gotten you all along. I just haven't. I mean, I've been trying to move you out of that, but I guess I got to at least recognize that it's okay for you to be completely discouraged. Make it your friend. See how discouraged you can get. How frustrated can you get, which is what we yeah. were talking about last time. Now you're using the word discouragement and frustration and discouragement are just the same word. I mean, it's the same feeling, just two different <laughs> words. Yeah.
6: Alex, when I was in high school, I used to I used to have like a really big problem with self-pity. And I would have even described myself. um, Maybe not at that time, but a little bit after as like a self-pity addiction addict, like it was a self-pity addiction because I just kept getting like sucked into it, and there was a weird, perverse pleasure in it. And, um, you know, maybe you can find something similar in your discouragement like, you know, find some sort of like just sense of like pride in how miserable you are. And
1: um, I got it. You You bet you are the the most discouraged student I've ever had. Get get yourself back. I mean, you're (laughs) You're really excellent at being discouraged. You, got the, uh, Yo, you can jump in anytime. Anytime.
3: Yeah, can, uh, can I just give like an analogy? Uh, because sometimes that can be helpful. It's like you're getting coached right now in a sport and say that the sport is running and the coach is saying, you just need to run. And you're saying, nah, I'll just walk. And the coach is saying, you just need to run. And you're saying, nah, I'll just walk. And that's like repeating itself over and over and over again. Uh, because like Domirato is literally saying, Hey, you just need to see the discouragement right now. And you're like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And then, and then he says it over again. And I've seen this for like a week now in like various calls and it's got, to, it's just funny. Cause it's like, it's within your own mind, you know? So I'm just like watching it like a movie or something, you know, <laughs> but that's, that's just how, yeah. Uh.
5: Alex, I'd just like to congratulate you on how discouraged you are. You're really the champion <laughs> in <being> discouraged. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. You're the lion of discouragement. The, yeah,
1: excellent at discouragement. Yeah. <laughs> well, wow, you make that discouragement your friend. Go around <laughs> telling everybody how discouraged you are. Make sure that everybody knows that you are number one high quality,
0: first class <laughs> discouraged. Notice that right. by doing it that right, way, that you're actually making it a bit wholesome. Make your discouragement wholesome. All right. Starting to feel a little bit made fun of here.
1: I know you yes, guys are here to are. support me. I don't That's really exactly like it. exactly what we're doing. This is joyful. I really like it. <laughs> So look into that feeling. So that's
3: another feeling that is just within you because none of us obviously want to make fun of you and that's pretty obvious cuz we're in a dharma, dharma group, you know, a Dharma group, you know. Like it's just another thought to examine. So just take that thought and examine that one.
0: Cuz that's so all in your own head. I, I have Sorry, a question
5: for you Alex. So what makes you feel that the feeling of discouragement is more real than the feeling of joy. Why is it because it's more often, or is there some reason? like uh, it's it's kind of longer lasting. Why do you think one is more real than the other? I think it's that
4: when I start to do this practice and I notice that I can feel joy and I can feel good pretty quickly, <laughs> and I notice that I like success can happen pretty quickly too, like relief of dukkha. And um, it's that the more and more I go on with the practice, the thoughts of doubt and failure get stronger or not stronger, but they just come a lot um, in each moment. Whereas if I'm discouraged like I am now, or like I've been today, I don't have thoughts of like, "Oh, no, no, you could be joyful or you could be great or oh you could be happy right now. I don't have it like that, so it's like the the, the predisposed momentum is of being is of being a failure, I guess, of being doubtful, being discouraged,
1: and something else that is it I noticed. OK that you're
0: a failure. Is it okay that you're a failure No.
1: Well, let it be
0: okay that you're a failure.
1: I mean, you really want to be a failure. You're really working hard to prove to us that you're a failure. So
0: I agree, you're a failure. You're still lovable. So why don't You you just let it be okay that you're a failure? I don't know if I actually want
4: to be a failure. I don't know if I would want to be something that I'm having such a hard time with or that I'm you know I don't know if I would have come on this call if I really wanted to be discouraged or if I really wanted to be a failure. I don't know if I really actually want those things. So I don't know if that's even accurate to say.
0: Well, I think it's that want?
4: I I think it's that I feel so convinced that it is my that it's something that's like not malleable. It's something that I can't I can't deal with. I can't
1: change. That's a very interesting point. That you're discouraged because you think that you think that you can't change. That's different than you don't want to put. You think you can change. You just don't want to put the effort in, which is where you were before. Now you're thinking that you can't change.
4: No, I think that's just how I've been thinking. I just didn't word it that way until now.
1: Okay. Well, that's an interesting point. Now you're saying. But at least now you're saying that you think that you can't change.
4: Yeah, or or at least at the very least afraid I can't.
0: Bye, Joe. Okay, Joe. See you later. Thanks, Joe. This is actually worthy of an entire
1: talk itself. Can you move your microphone down a little bit so you don't breathe on it?
0: There you yeah. go. All
1: right. Um,
4: and listen, I I it, just want to say I feel I feel really uncomfortable having all the attention on me because I'm afraid I'm just taking up all of your time because we just keep talking about the same thing over and over and over again about myself. And no, I, don't, it's I not don't
1: talking about you. No, we are not talking about you. We are talking about the human mind. You just yeah. have a copy. OK, we're not talking about your Tesla. We're talking about Teslas. OK,
0: OK,
6: yeah, I, I just want to add, Alex, um, I actually find this really helpful because I struggle with uh, feeling discouraged and feeling completely incapable of gladdening the mind to any significant degree. Um, pretty often too, like at least I'd say at least um, 30% of like my average day, some days, two thirds of the day um other days more on like a bad day um so it's it's by no means like uh, like um like you know it's it's by no means like destroying my quality of life or anything but um but i i've really enjoyed um seeing you ask ask Damarato um again and again just you know similar questions and then seeing him respond and seeing other people respond in the Sangha and in the in the group text as well i find it uh, really helpful so um I think it's definitely, it's, definitely, it's definitely been useful to me. So I, I don't think you're wasting my time, at least.
1: Thanks, Robert. Thank you for that, Robert. That's, That's great. That's cool to hear. Yes. I think that Eric is, says the same thing. He sits there quietly, but I can tell when he's smiling. I'm watching his smile. <laughs> All right. So let's change the topic just a little bit and bring it to another point. And that is the... Um, There is a fetter, the first fetter is called personality view. I I guess everyone's kind of heard about this. There's 10 fetters and the number one fetter, the first thing that we have to get over is the fetter of personality view. This is what is wrapped up with the issue of anatta in the Buddha's teaching. Okay. Now, what personality view does is is that we get the idea that we are fixed that this is a primary teaching of mm-hmm. many of the religions especially christianity has the has the point is of original sin you are broken and only jesus can fix you that you can't fix yourself this is a personality view and and that has uh, also the english language quality of the word soul and that it would be better in uh, uh, Buddhism if we didn't use the word no-self and use the word no-soul, because what that means is nothing is actually permanent. No matter how fast a car is running, if you take your foot off of the gas or you turn the engine off, that car will come to a stop. But we have the idea that things get permanent. And if things are heading in a certain direction, that it can't be turned around. In other words, the whole point about the first fetter is when people have the idea, I can't change. And that's what you're telling us today. You're telling us now that you've decided that you can't change. And yet you have been changing your whole life. You're not the same person that you were when you were three years old. You're not the same person you were when you were six years old. Even the six-year-old and the three-year-old are completely different people. And so over time, you have changed. And one of the qualities that we have to work with, Alex, is, is that you can change. That that's the whole point of the teaching of the Buddha is is that you can change. Bhikkhu Buddha had a long article that was in Tricycle, or not Tricycle, in uh, the Lion's Roar magazine. I can send you that article. But the whole quality is the attitude of can we change or not. Everybody starts off with the attitude we can't change. That Robert was talking about that when he was in high school. He talked about he thought that he couldn't change. And that's where you are now. You've gotten the idea that you can't change. To where, in fact, the reality is, is that you have been changing. Over the course of the time, I've seen you elated. I've seen you discouraged. I've seen you frustrated. I've seen you okay. You're going all over the map. You do change. Once you recognize that you can and do change, you can do. you can put that to your advantage. So that's the first thing that we have to work
0: with. Can you change, Alex? or Are you stuck? Yeah, exactly. It feels like I'm stuck. Okay. And and I would say, like, I know
4: I can change, but it's like to a degree. It's not like change beyond what I think is possible.
1: All right. Well, let us change to a degree. There's a boundary. To my change. Like, well, let's not worry about the boundaries way off there. Let's just talk about, can you change a little bit right now? That's what Robert is talking about. Can you change just a little bit?
6: Yeah, it sounds a bit like you're, you're being a perfectionist about it, and you're using that as an excuse to, to just sort of retard your progress. Like, just because you can't get a jhana like you and, like, every other practitioner, you know, most people don't get
0: jhanas when they first start practicing yeah maybe it'll take maybe it'll take months and months but that's
6: that's okay i mean what else are you gonna do like you're gonna quit and just like
1: go off and be frustrated and doubtful and miserable like you've always been doing that's what you're talking about yeah i know i've
4: I've felt it a lot past couple days
1: Uh uh-huh well you've been talking yourself into it Notice the words that you use, create the feeling. If you have discouraging thoughts, you're going to have discouraging feelings. It's really hard for people to change the way that they feel intentionally, but you can change the thoughts. And when you change your thought patterns, your feelings will begin to change also. This is laid out very carefully in the Anapanasati Sutta. That we have to gladden the mind and have wholesome thoughts. And being discouraged means that you're intentionally having unwholesome thoughts. So when you see the doubt, you can say, hello, doubt. Never mind. I can be happy with doubt. Hello, frustration. I can be uh, happy and still be frustrated. Or hello, frustration. Now that I see you, I can be a little bit less frustrated, but I'll still keep most of you around because you're such a familiar friend.
0: And start in the way that Robert is saying and do it just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just one more breath. Easy breath. Jeff, go ahead.
2: I'm just thinking, Alex, it seems to me that like in the past you've had tremendous success. I've seen it. I've seen it in the interviews on YouTube. And you're now setting that as like the starting point in your mind. It's like, well, okay, it's got to be at least this now. But who's to say that it has to be that type of success? Maybe it would be six months before you get that success. But what's wrong with just a little bit now?
1: Yeah, just don't a worry little bit
0: success.
2: Don't worry about, like, the success you had in the past and how you felt. Like, don't worry. It's gone. You know? Just now. Yeah. Be gentle. Yeah. Like, I think you're not... You've got to be gentle with yourself. <sighs>
0: Yeah, it's.
4: That's
1: the thing
0: that is
4: difficult to change for me right now. You know. Ah, um, but
0: you can
1: change it. It's not difficult to change. Just say that you can change it. Words like difficult are always unwholesome thoughts. Difficult, try, work. And those are built into our language.
0: But really. It's a piece of cake to take a deep breath. You've been doing that your whole life. You've been breathing. Yeah, just it doesn't occur. like That's all we're asking here. It's not just to take a deep
1: breath. It's to, that's all it's I'm to, asking you right now it, is to enjoy to taking a thoughts. deep breath. Yeah. Well, the, enjoying taking a deep breath is a wholesome thought.
6: Um, Maybe just as an idea, um, because it sounds like you're putting a lot of pressure on your mind to be wholesome, maybe you could exactly. Um, there's a lot of pressure. Take take, so. take the awareness off the mind and put it on the body. So you could notice where is there's like an unwholesome body sensation, or where maybe some of that tension is. Um, you know, is maybe is there like some tightness in your in your neck and shoulders, or or maybe in in your stomach area, and just notice that, and then you won't be so much focused on the mind. But that can sort of just like. Bring in like some, I guess, like a feeling of just like newness, newness, like refreshment, novelty, keep things interesting. And then another another thing you can do with that that I found helpful is just when you're taking the deep breaths, you sort of want to imagine that you're breathing into that tense sensation in the body and not even you don't even have to try and let it go necessarily. Just notice that it's there and just breathe deeply into it. And that can sometimes help me just um relax my body, which can which can, you know if it doesn't relax the mind it it can still
0: it can it can take some of the pressure off i guess switch things yeah. up in a healthy way beneficial way
4: yeah thanks I've, I've focused on the body sensations before when i'm breathing stuff just um
1: something to remember robert Thank have you. you noticed when Alex is talking
0: That he's always referring back to the past. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying that I've done that. that that. I know. That's the whole point. There you go again. You're back into the past again. Rather than right now.
1: Well, what am I supposed to say? I mean,. Oh, wow, this is okay. I get it. That's how you do it is, is that have a wholesome thought now rather than having unwholesome thoughts about the past. Have a wholesome thought like, about right
0: now.
4: It's like just, just you saying that, Domerado, triggered an unwholesome thought. Like, oh, you didn't do it right. No. Oh, you fucked up. Right, exactly. Like, I can't do
0: right, I, exactly.
4: I can't.
1: No, I, you can change win. that. Change it. You can change that thought. That you can trigger other kinds of thought. You don't have to dwell on negative unhappy thoughts. You can in fact enjoy having negative unhappy thoughts. But no you're you're intentionally wanting to be miserable. You're intentionally want to be a failure. And it's okay with me that you fail. It's okay that you quit. It's okay that you never call me again. That's all right. It's not a problem.
0: But you're making it a problem. Because you're wanting something. You're really wanting something desperately. All you have to do is stop wanting anything and just enjoy what you have right now. Um, maybe another approach you could
6: take, Alex, would be to, because um, it sounds like you're practicing this um, quite continuously throughout the day. Maybe just do 20 minutes of anapanasati, um, like formal meditation practice, where you sit down or you you can just lay down in your bed when you wake up and just do maybe 10, 20 minutes of that, and then don't even try to be mindful throughout the day. And, 10 would um,
1: be better than 20. 20 is about yeah, just the a little left.
6: bit in the morning, and then. You know, even that can have like, um, you know, even even that you can still bring benefits and you can take some of the pressure off yourself as well.
1: Uh-huh. Well, Robert, while you're talking about that, that's absolutely true. And that would be really, really excellent advice for everyone. But Alex is not hearing it because he won't even hear it to do it right now. I did it. I took a breath. You're not doing it right now. You said you did it. You're going back into the past, and I'm inviting you to take a deep breath and smile and say, yeah, I can get this right now. But you won't do that. So how I'll, can you do, do that? It. I'll do
0: it right now. I did
1: it a minute
4: ago.
1: Yeah, <sighs> well, let's do it right now. Back into the past again. I hear that. Over and over again, you keep backing into the past and dwelling into the past, and I keep inviting you to come back into this present moment. There you go. I took a breath. A stick- I just did.
0: That's the past. I just did is past again. Instead I just of, did it. I, I, you did it
1: again. That's another past. I'm doing it. I'm doing
0: it right ah, now.
1: now. Now we're talking the present. That's the present. Doing it. Not did it. Doing it. Okay, I do it. There. Do it again. Do it. That's the whole point is just do it in the present moment instead of bitching about
0: what happened a moment ago. Everything is all right. Everything is fine in this present
1: moment. There's no place to go and nothing to do. And everybody can take a deep breath and just relax. That's all we're asking you to do, and you keep coming back with all of this other stuff. And all we're saying is just relax and take a deep breath and enjoy the moment. That's all there is is just enjoying this moment.
0: And um, Alex, I you moment.
1: Just this present moment, that's all we have is just this present moment. Let's spend this moment nicely and not worry about frustrations of the past or doubts about
0: the future. This breath, this moment is okay. Everything is all right right now. Everything is all right. Everything is fine. This is the, this is the
1: focus. People actually can use the word concentration for this. Concentrate on, not the frustration, concentrate on this moment is okay. I could take a deep breath and everything is all right right now. And I can keep coming back right now. It's okay. Before I was uh, frustrated, I'll be frustrated in the future. But right now, it's okay. I was doubtful in the past. I'll be doubtful in the future. But right now, it's okay. Everything is
0: fine. Everything is all right. It's okay to be frustrated. I'll just do it later.
1: Everything is doubtful. That's okay as it's doubtful. I'll just doubt later. Right now, I'm just going to enjoy. Everything is all right, everything is fine, not a worry in the world.
0: (gasps) How easy it is, easy peasy. We don't have to listen to those frustrations. We just say, never mind, I'll frustrate later. Right
1: now, everything is all right. And you can practice that for 10 minutes. Just that one thing. Never mind about the frustration. I'll be frustrated all day today. But right now, I'm just going to relax.
0: I don't have to want anything. Don't have to get anything out of meditation. In fact, that's what I
1: would recommend, to stop meditating and just relax instead. Everything's all right right now. Have a host of thought, take a deep breath and just relax.
0: Everything is all right. Everything is fine Can
1: you move your microphone out of the way? You're breathing on it, and it's making a lot of noise with that. There you go, Robert. Cohen, you had a a question. You had something to say a moment ago.
5: Sure, no worries. My apologies for interrupting. Um, all I was going to say was the relevance of the past is, and you you touched on this as well after after that. But the relevance of the past is also contingent on your um, interest in the future, right? So. I think you care about the past so much because you think the future is always going to be this way. Um, but if you stop caring about both, and it's like I don't know what the future is going to be, and the past is a waste of time, it's just causing more dukkha for me. Um, then you can just be in the in the present, right? So it's important. To, it's just as important to let go of the future as it is the past. And to be honest, the future is only ever a fantasy. It's never the way we think it's going to be. You know, it can it can be similar, but it's never the way it is. So that's also a waste of time.
0: That's a very, very beautiful intellectual way of saying
1: what we've been talking about. Right. (laughs) The past is gone. The frustrations of the past are not here right now. Only the frustrations of this moment can be here right now. But the frustrations that are here right now, they're okay, I can handle this. Let me take a deep breath and relax into my frustration. Hello, darkness, my old friend.
0: I've seen frustration again and again. So just enjoy the moment. Just relax. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be full of doubt. It's
1: an old, familiar... Part of the family.
4: I just notice even as I take a breath in and, and intentionally, consciously enjoy it, there's doubt and frustration there, too. Great. Those thoughts of doubt Absolutely.
6: and frustration. Absolutely. Hello,
1: doubt. Hello, frustration. They're okay. You're all right. You don't have to be angry at them and trying to get rid of them. It's okay you're
0: frustrated. It's okay you're full of doubt. Let it be okay with you that you're frustrated and full of doubt. And you can enjoy the frustration and enjoy the doubt. How frustrated can I get and still enjoy it?
4: frustrated because i feel like i can't enjoy it i can't actually enjoy the breath the way i want to
1: or the ah, way the way you want to the way you right. want to that's the key stop right. wanting something to be different
0: and enjoy what there is right now that's what satisfaction is this is a major point everybody has this trouble
1: Is making a change of attitude that it's, oh, all of my crap, all of my baggage, all of my worries, all of my frustrations, all of my doubts I've had for years, they're okay. They've gotten me here this
0: far. So just accept that they're there and enjoy them. And recognize even with the doubt and the frustration, everything's going to be all right.
1: Everything's going to be fine. Frustration's optional. But since they're there, I can still be okay. I can still be fine. Take a deep breath. Nothing to worry about. No place to go.
0: What a nice frustration this is. A wholesome doubt. It's wholesome because I can see it and never mind with all this doubt i can still just relax robert you got your hand up sure so
5: you know one piece of advice Domerado's given me before that's been helpful is to like look in your life and see if there's anything that's magnifying the dukkha you're experiencing you know and maybe you can find a way like in your environment to alleviate that, like if you like baths or something like that, you know, you can take a hot bath and just really focus on enjoying the breath while you're in that bath. And then if you do something like that, or you like going for walks in the park, you know, you can go for a nice walk in the park, really enjoy it, just enjoy the heck out of it. And then when you're in that kind of safe environment, that will help create the conditions for you to practice satisfaction there. Then when you return to your regular life, you can have it with a little more muscle in the generating satisfaction department. So, you know, I wonder, is there anything in your life right now that's uh, magnifying all of this for you? And can you take care of that or not?
4: You mean anything in my life that's magnifying the
0: dukkha, That's making yeah. it... Yeah, there is. Um, can you get... In, at least for a little while, secluded from that. Can you get away from
1: it, whatever it is? And say, for this minute, I don't have to deal with that. Sure. For this minute, I don't have to work, dr- worry about the doubts, the frustrations, or the situations in the world. Get yourself secluded from that and say, I, for, for right now, I don't have to do anything. I can right. just rest That's, and relax yeah. right now.
5: Right. And just do stuff you really like, you know, that's wholesome. You know, like if you like playing video games, do that. That's not, it depends on the video. <laughs> some are more wholesome than others, but just find wholesome activities and you can feel some satisfaction and then practice the satisfaction while you're doing that wholesome. Even if it's just lying in bed, if you really like to just lie in your bed, just do that and practice satisfaction there, you know, but create a kind of a comfortable external and that can really influence your internal and you can bring that out you know out of the gym and into the grocery store you know <laughs> use your muscles to lift some some grocery bags you know um, yeah
1: robert you had mentioned yeah. uh taking a bath a moment ago hang on robert um most people don't have bathtubs not at i don't even have one i
0: uh, I, uh, I, I have, I
1: have not even seen a real bathtub <laughs> In many years, it's been at least 15 years since I've seen a real bathtub. I've seen pictures and photos, seen them on videos, but a real bathtub, uh uh. But we do take showers.
0: And I've talked
1: to some students, and a shower is absolutely a marvelous place to stand and to get under the shower and just feel how good the body feels. We relax, oh, that feels so good. And so, enjoy right. the, in fact, the shower is a really good place just to spontaneously walk right right into the first and Just realize, oh, oh, that feels so good. <laughs> and just experience the shower coming down, the water on the body. That's the way that we uh, would look with that is just enjoy it for the moment. At least you don't have to deal with the doubts and the worries while you're having a shower. You could just say, oh, this is so nice, Robert. Go ahead.
6: Yeah. And I just I just wanted to add that. Make sure when you're doing that, you don't feel like you're um, submitting to your lower urges or your um, desires for the sense pleasures, um, because that will create like a sort of um, like this victim mentality overlaying that experience. Think of it instead like you're using the sense pleasures skillfully to bolster your um your seclusion from the hindrances and that might have been a butchery of the Buddha's teachings but i think it can come in handy so you, you always want to always want to like reframe it to like to like be you're using this skillfully to to for, for, for your betterment and for the betterment of all sentient beings not like oh i'm so bad at this i need to play video games just to be happy like no you're skillfully using the video games to, to develop the, um, the, um, the, what's, I can't remember the Pali word for it, but just like the happiness and stuff. Yeah. the Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Thanks guys.
1: Yeah. Getting, doing an activity like taking a shower or even playing Sudoku or some card game or rather than action video games, uh, that that require, um, uh, This is all the video games I have. Ah, well, try a video game like uh, or Solitaire, because those, even though they do the timing, the timing is not important. What's important is is to develop the skill of knowing how to rearrange things. Hmm. So I would recommend those kind of games rather than uh, something like, uh, uh, what is it? uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto or something like that that's uh, uh, action driving <laughs> games are not so valuable but uh, Sudoku uh games um solitaire games those have the quality of relaxation to them to where the video games uh that are action oriented especially weapon oriented where there's guys that are coming to shoot you and you have to keep looking around to make sure the enemies are not there. <laughs> Those yeah. are not the kind of games to play. So, Yeah. Um, is it all the, the games kind of I game, have. The kind of game that you can walk away from 10 minutes and come back to, and the game is exactly where it was before. Yeah. But you could also do the same thing with a shower or with riding a bicycle
0: or with going walking, so that you're paying attention to what's happening on the walk, rather
1: than w- going for a walk and thinking about how frustrated and how doubtful you are about meditation practice. We need to get those kind of thoughts out of the mind. And so what Robert is, is
0: recommending has some, has some value. To get your mind off of your worries.
1: And get into uh, the mind enjoying something, enjoying the game. Yes, Robert, you got your hand up again. Sure. I think you did turn it off before. uh,
5: Oh, no, I I turned it off and I turned it back on because I had another comment here.
1: Now now that you've got the the mic, turn your off
5: again. Okay, you got it. So um, I love this feature, so I don't have to do the hard, hard work of raising my hand. But, <laughs> but anyway, another couple of ideas, you know, one, two are, are pretty basic, cooking and cleaning. They always feel nice to do. You know, I re- I've learned to really enjoy cleaning recently, and I highly recommend it. It feels great when you have a clean space. You feel like you did something right. You know, the energy, looks ni- the energy that it brings to the room is nice. It's just a great feeling to clean. Uh, cooking, you know, you have an instant reward when you're done cooking, you get good food, you know, um, or at least uh, stuff that fills you up, <laughs> depending on what you're doing. And then a third is something creative. You know, like I love to write, I journal every single day. You know, and one thing I really enjoy about journaling, I never read my journals ever, you know, but partly because my handwriting is, is not the best, <laughs> chicken scratch. But
1: that's you a know, technique, by the way. That's an old it secret. Is. Write your journal at full speed yeah. so that your handwriting is so sloppy no one can read it. <laughs> exactly. No
5: one can read my journal except for me. And for me, it takes an hour to read it. So, you know, no one can read it. And one thing I love about it is, you know, you're taking your thoughts and your thoughts can be kind of a jumbled mess. It can be kind of like uh, clothes in the dryer, right? You know, you have a bunch of messy clothes in the dryer and they're going like this, you know, or wholesome clothes, depending on what you're thinking about. And when you journal, you know, it forces you to take the clothes out of the dryer and fold them and put them on the shelf, you know, because you're putting a logical form to whatever it is you're thinking. And no one is going to sit there and just write the same thing over and over and over again. You're going to try and find some logic in it. That's how language works. It's logical. It's point A to point B. So I highly recommend journaling. Or if you like to draw, draw some something, you know whatever it is you like to do. But journaling is great. I highly recommend it. And I, I do recommend. Again, I do this thing called morning pages. I don't always do it in the morning, but it's just three pages, stream of consciousness. I don't stop; just whatever comes out comes out, you know. And I really enjoy it. Sometimes I will do it much more leisurely, and I'll kind of take my time, and I will stop. Uh, but it's kind of better just to go from point A to point B. I enjoy it. You know, it's good I've fun. I've done
4: that before. By the um, you know. the artist's way?
5: Yes. The Same the thing. Way. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where it comes from. Yeah. do you? I love it. Do
4: you write out unwholesome thoughts?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Anything you want. You know, the point is not to <laughs> stop. But if you write it, you know, you'll then, because you're practicing, transform it into something more wholesome. And that's part of why it's been such a good practice for me. Is all right you know, the house is a mess. And then the next thing I'll write is, okay, I'm going to go clean it right after this. <laughs> and, and it's very simple, you know, but the, the form of language is very logical. And so it kind of takes you from point A to point B. And you realize it's a waste of time to just keep talking about how much of a mess it is. You can talk about how you can clean it or some ideas, or maybe why it's a mess. You investigate the causes and conditions, right? Mm-hmm, That's a big mm-hmm. part of journaling too, is going into the causes and conditions. And then you can and then you can go from there, you know, maybe come up with a strategy to address that.
1: Right. One of the things that Robert Thanks. is pointing out that we sure. can continue with. Um, because you asked that, that question. When we talk about unwholesome thoughts, generally because of the Western mentality coming from Christianity, we think that they're bad. Unwholesome thoughts are evil thoughts. They're bad thoughts. And so that may be uh, part of the problem. And that calling unwholesome thoughts is truly unwholesome. (coughs) That a way of thinking about the unwholesome thoughts is, is that you've been having unwholesome thoughts your whole life and you still survived. So they could not be all that bad. But when we are having an unwholesome thoughts that are full of doubt, then the feelings wind up being unpleasant feelings with these unwholesome thoughts. But that doesn't make them bad. And so Robert is saying, yeah, if you have an unwholesome thought while you're taking the journaling as an example and you write something down that's unwholesome, maybe the next thought will be, yeah, but I can go clean that up. You know, it's interesting you
4: say that it's not bad, but I totally do see them like they're bad. Yeah, they're not bad. They're negative and bad and a problem. No,
1: they're not negative. They're not negative or bad. They're just unwholesome. That's why we uh, use the word unwholesome rather than bad thoughts. So don't think of your thoughts as bad. Think of them as your friends.
0: I literally
4: do not know how to do that, unless I was to fake it. I don't know how to, like, believe that they're my friends.
1: Ah, but you really want to be discouraged. So, see, the discouragement is your friend.
0: Your ex is your home. mm I don't That's think I want to be
1: discouraged,
4: time. though. I, I mean,
0: can ah, but then immediately, <clears throat> then you can say, okay, well, I
1: don't want to be discouraged, so I'll just gladden up, and you can just gladden up immediately. Oh, I see that discouragement. Never mind, start again.
4: Well, well, Donald, oh, I, I see it's,
1: you discouragement. I see I, you.
4: I think it's that I think I only can be discouraged, or not, not only. But I think that um, the majority of the time. It's only possible for me to be discouraged and not
0: joyful. Right, but you can change, and you know you can change. You just don't want to. So recognize that you want to be discouraged, and that's okay. You want to be discouraged, and that's all right. You can lay there in the road of your discouragement all you want to, but
1: eventually you'll decide, "Hey, I can pick myself up and dust myself off and boogie on down the road." But right now I'm discouraged and I want to be discouraged, so let me really get discouraged. Let me play with discouragement. Let me make it my
0: friend. Just go roll in the, go rumble in the dirt with it. Get to know it. Play with it. Make it a toy. Not bad at all. Something to be investigated. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yes, Robert, go ahead. Yeah, so a couple things.
5: One is the hindrances actually are your friends because they teach you things. Right, you know, and we learn from mistakes. We learn from hindrances. That doesn't mean we have to feel bad about them. In fact, we should laugh at them. You know, it's fun to kind of laugh about them.
1: (laughs) There I go again.
5: (laughs) Yeah, there I go again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and you learn from them, right? You know, so it's important to see this as your teacher, right? This discouragement is your teacher. This is some a chance and it's teacher for all of us. We're all learning from it, right? And whoever's going to watch this is going to also learn from it because I'm sure they felt the same way. So look at this as your teacher and your friend in that way. And someday after you're past this moment, you can look back and say, oh, I learned a lot from that period where I was discouraged. I learned how to overcome it. So that's one way you can look at it. But another thing I thought of, too, is, you know, when the Dalai Lama first came to uh, the West or he first started doing that, there was a really interesting moment. This is in the Art of Happiness um, where. He was uh, asked a question by one of the first Western audiences, which is, what do you what do you have to say about self-hatred? And it was translated in Tibetan. His English wasn't that great yet. And he didn't understand because there was no word in Tibetan for self-hatred. It was not translatable into Tibetan. So they had to sit and explain it to him for like 20 minutes for him to be able to understand what it was. And then, you know, what that shows is this is getting back to Domerado's point about how a lot of this is really cultural context, right? And in the West, because we have this Christianity, we have this notion of guilt, which is self hatred. That's what guilt is. Oh, I feel so bad that I'm not overcoming this hindrance of doubt. I'm such a bad practitioner because of this. Oh, poor me. That doesn't actually exist in other cultures. Like they didn't have a translation. For t- into Tibetan for this, so it's also I think maybe useful to see this as not something that is essential to who you are. This isn't essential to your practice. This is just garbage you've inherited uh, from the culture, you know, which we all have, you know, all of us Westerners here today. So you know, you don't have to have it. They don't have it in Tibet, so why do they have to have it here? <laughs> you know, so that's another way to to look at this mm-hmm. too.
1: It's a habit,
0: it's just a habit. The only way to break up that habit is by playing with it. An example of that, by the way, is cigarette smoking.
1: The worst way to quit smoking cigarettes is what they call cold turkey, which is basically what you're trying to do with your frustrations. But there's another way of, of uh, uh, quitting smoking. One of the ways of doing it is by, uh, actually there's a whole series of techniques. One way is, is to take the cigarette before you uh, light it and break it in half and only smoke just half the cigarette. And the other half you'll smoke later. If you light a cigarette, they've got actually saltpeter and other chemicals in there to keep it burning. They want you to do that so that you'll just, you know, you like this cigarette. You may not smoke any of it or just one puff off of it. And so you'll get another cigarette out because that one's already burned up. So one of the things you can do is you could break the cigarette off in half and then light and only smoke the last part of it. That's one way to do it. But there's many different little games that you can play instead. An example of that is to take a pencil and treat it like a cigarette. You take it, and you take a deep breath, and you, but you're playing a game, right? And the people who play games with their t- uh, tobacco use can give up the smoking of it, but when you just try to say, no, I'm gonna quit, then that's very hard to resist that. And so, instead of resisting
0: the guilt, the frustration, play with it instead. Make it your friend. It's okay that you're frustrated. It really is okay with me
1: that you're frustrated. Let it be okay with you that you get frustrated. You're going to continue to get frustrated. You're not going to stop it. You can quit everything that you ever think about meditation, and you'll still get frustrated in traffic. You'll still get frustrated when the girl doesn't do what you want her to do. You'll still get frustrated every time you think about the government. No matter what thoughts you have about the government, you'll feel frustrated because you're in the habit of frustration. So notice that the frustration is there. Notice that it's just an old habit and begin to play with it. Now, Robert,
0: go ahead. You're-
5: yeah, another thing to add too is impermanence, right? So everything is you know temporary. everything's impermanent. Everything. That's just, that's one of the three characteristics of existence, you know, according to the Buddha. You know, it's just, that's the way things are. And one example, you guys have probably heard a lot of noise on my end. And one of my dogs has been going crazy here because we were in a city apartment for two months. And now we're out in a rural island. And he is so excited that he is causing all kinds of mayhem. You can hear it right here. And, you know, he is so happy to be in this environment. You know, and that's that'll happen to you, you know. Something will change, you know, at some point that will cause whatever is external that's troubling you to seem like a distant memory any apartment is to my dog, you know. So, you know, that's just the way things are. And you can be joyful about that. This too shall pass. You know, so um <laughs> anyway, I'll back on mute here. <laughs> you guys can hear the joy. Uh, back over here uh, <laughs> so
4: yeah <laughs> all right guys thank you i'm gonna go i'm tired i'm gonna right. go be with my girlfriend and i'm gonna go play with my discouragement
1: yeah go play with it have fun see how big you can make it See if you can turn it blue. Can you turn it green? Can you make it big? Can you make it small? Can you open it up? Can you close it back?
0: Play with it. Make it your friend. Okay. All right. Good night, guys. Thank
4: you for all your help. Good night.
1: Good night. Actually, Thank we've you. We've been going for about two and a half hours now. I think that this would be a good time to to finish off. Eric, do you have anything to say
0: before we quit? No. <laughs> How about you, Jeff? Oh, uh,
2: Jeff, uh, we can't hear you. With my microphone. Uh, oh, there no, we go. We're good. It was really good. Thank you.
1: Right. You had a question in the beginning mm-hmm. of our talk about the first Jana. Did we get that uh, cleared up for you? That was, you? Excellent. That was excellent. excellent. Thank you. Great. Great. How about you, Robert? Everything is okay?
5: Uh, Yeah, just don't worry, be happy, you know. It's the same don't old. Don't worry,
1: be happy. <laughs> How about you, the other Robert with hair? <laughs>
0: Everything got well, yeah, got well.
1: yeah, well, thanks, guys. This has been a really delightful conversation. I really enjoyed it. And thank you both, Roberts, for your help with uh, Alex. That's been great. That he needs that kind of thing. He really does (laughs) need that. We all need to recognize that we're all not unique. Every one of us
0: has the same mental crap to deal with. And if you hate the crap, you'll never get rid of it.
1: But if you play with it like a toy, you'll break it. (laughs) Like we break all of our toys. <laughs> okay, guys. See you later. Thank you so much. I'm glad to see you both, Roberts and Jeff.
0: Take and care. Aaron.
1: See you. Thank you, guys.
0: Dog says bye too. See ya. <laughs>